All right, family, what y'all going by? Let's do it this way. Uh, I'm Dion. Kiki. Jaya. Nice. Spotty. All right, so everybody, family. What's what's the name of the podcast? Tasty Talk. Tasty Talk. Put your right hand up and put your left hand on your word, wherever you decide your word is. <laughs> Wherever your word is. Your word is. Oh, you like a yeah. 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 All right, hold it just like that. Do y'all solemnly agree that we have your permission to post this across all of our social media platforms? Yeah. Yes. Is there anything that do mean anything that's off limits you don't want to be asked about? No. Ask me anything. Like. If we do ask you something that's off limits, do you understand you can say no or move us? Pass it. Yeah, that's right. All right, cool. Let's get it. Let's get it. <clears throat> Literally, it's no pressure. I'm your host, Bangle Book. It's your girl, just came for real. And we got special guests. Y'all didn't introduce yourself individually, right? No, we didn't. Okay, you go ahead. Okay, my name is Spotted. I'm the uh, founder, proprietor of Incredibles underscore treats on Instagram, and I make edible desserts out of anything, like not just your regular gummies or like drinks and stuff like that, like. Red velvet cheesecake, cinnamon rolls, brookies. I can make uh like home style meals, macaroni cheese, cornbread, and stuff like that. Basically anything you can think of. Everything scratch made. Make my own doughs, batters. What about collard greens? Yeah, I can make collard greens too. Cabbage, all that. Like, like I need veggies. Yeah, everything for sure. Okay. Okay, so I'm nine. You can follow me on Instagram. It's O U U dot i t s n i y a um what i do i kind of do a mix of things i'm really more so in the background when it comes to like events and music i actually also am a mixologist so you will see me bartending if y'all need a private bartender please let me know and yeah y'all gonna see i'm bubbly as ever so that's it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> hey y'all, I go by Jaya. I'm a singer, songwriter, live performer, and entertainer, and also the host and creator of Tasty Talk Podcast. Um, I'm a big advocate for mental health, so we'll cover, we cover that a lot on this platform. Um, and in short, this is a safe space for all creatives, and so that's just really about who I am and what I'm about. Okay. My name is Vion. I'm the brand plug. You can find me on Instagram, all social media platforms at V E O N N O V E N. Um, I have a cosmetic line as well called Iconic Glam. And basically, as the brand plug, I help you with content creating, photography, and also brand design. Okay, okay so where y'all originally from? I'm from uh, Decatur, where it's greater. <laughs> Been born and raised in my whole life. Uh, I stayed on the west side for a little while, but mostly on the east side. I lived in Chicago for uh, two years. That was crazy. I won't do it again. It's okay. hella cold up there. Not for real. Like, way too cold. Like, well, I'm a Midwest baby, and we can deal with the cold weather. <laughs> I'm originally from Michigan, but I lived in Indiana for like at least a good 10 years so i'm gonna make sure i put them in there so they don't be looking at me sideways but uh yeah so i'm definitely a midwest baby um i'm from atlanta georgia born and raised uh southwest atlanta to be a set and that's about it well i got a couple places i'm from <laughs> i was born from shreveport louisiana but i was raised here and also the midwest ohio we heard the her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I guess what's y'all relationship like with y'all uh, dads? Y'all talk about it. My dad, I got a great relationship with my dad. Like, it started off shaky when I was younger, but as I got older, and we really got to understand each other, like, and understand how we both think, understand how to grow as men and stuff like that. Mm, everything was great after that, for sure. Me personally, me and my dad have a interesting relationship. We're getting closer as I get older. When I was younger, we wasn't that close. Um, my dad has um, several different kids. I have several brothers and sisters. And I'll be honest, I was a weird kid. I'm still a kid a little weird. <laughs> so I understand when people don't understand me. 
tell and that's just one of those things but as i get older and i'm able to really like not only understand myself but also kind of understand him and like some of the things that he's been through um it helps our communication so we've been we've been doing way better i could call him on christmas and tell him merry christmas and stuff like that he'd call me on birthdays i had to talk to him about a relationship the other day so we're getting somewhere what about the relationship? I feel like it's gonna come up later, so we'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, I would say my relationship with my father is relatively tight. Um, I'm uh, the product of two musicians. Both my parents are musicians, so um, I kind of bond with him a little bit more when it comes to being spontaneous and not really afraid of crowds in terms of performing. However, you know he's been under the weather lately, probably like the last two years, battling cancer, so. It's kind of a touchy subject a little bit at this point, but yeah. Um, I think with my relationship with my father, I never really had one because my father was always disabled. Um, he had a stroke and he also battling uh, on and off with cancer as well. So um, I think when I was younger, before he had the stroke, we had like a little bond, I was five. So it was like, he taught me a lot of things at five that mm -hmm. I didn't think I'd be able to do when I got older. So, yeah. Okay, um, let me switch it up a little bit. Y'all seem like y'all don't really want to go down that road. So, um, no, let's get loose. Okay, tell us. I like to ask this question when I have a group. Like, what's the nastiest thing y'all had an ex do? It don't have to be sexual, but just like something just like you think just like disgusting. Want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a general thing that most of us women notice about our male par partners. Um, urine on the floor in front of the toilet. That is like mm -hmm. a big pet peeve, and I think that's gross. Especially don't wipe it up. Especially at your house. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that at all. I think it's disgusting. My ex wasn't necessarily nasty. I think the nastiest thing he did, like, it's not even. Well, yeah, it would be like the way he makes certain foods because like he had been in prison before so it's like Making all different types of stuff and I'm looking like oh, You really putting that on there like that and I look at it. I'm like, yeah, that don't look appealing okay. And then he get to eat it and I'm like, yeah, and then try to kiss me out the way to me now <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta ask, what he was in jail for? Got a little bit of a temper. He crazy. What well, I saw? I'm gonna just say he got a little bit of a temper. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, it's really a, just a little bit of a temper. He a hot head, and he's so tall, so it's like he attracts attention. But when he gets the attention, sometimes he don't necessarily need it, mm -hmm. and you get too much attention with a hot head, it just can go up. So is he productive? Um, he's just like around. He can be. He's productive. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he can be productive. But so he don't work? No. I mean, he's a street baby. <laughs> okay, so you, baby. you see yourself marrying him or you just got fucking around? But he I really I really just to throw a little respect in there, he really is capable of great things. I just feel like he has to see that within himself. Mm -hmm. And if he couldn't see it, it's like because it was a four year relationship. It, mm -hmm. and the opportunities that was placed in front of us, he had an he had several opportunities to do greater things and he chose not to. So, um, it was just the people we was meeting because we was traveling, we was going to different places, we was working together. Um, so, but it's just when it came to a person approaching him about things he could do, he didn't fully take interest in it, so he didn't follow through with it. Mm -hmm. And your girl doing everything, why? Why? You know, why oh, I'm hustling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm product of two hustlers, so it's. I'm gonna be on you if you're not moving. I'm gonna tell you like, hey, look, 
this is what we got planned for today. We're going to be moving around today. And honestly, it really was a teamwork thing. But he one of them type of people that he don't like nobody in charge of him. Like, mm-hmm. me even, which I don't really like being in charge of, like, in a relationship. It, it has its moments, but I don't necessarily have to be in charge. So, it's like, if I am, okay. But if you got plans and you see something that we can do, let me know. But if you're not... You're not making no moves. Like, yeah. Capricorn. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I really couldn't think of nothing, honestly. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what what person cuts you the deepest with words, and what did they say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say. I always talk about like my first heartbreak and this is something I can talk about freely now because I've forgiven, but my mom was probably my first heartbreak. Um, and something I think we don't realize, of course we don't as kids, is that our parents go through things too. They're you know taking it day by day just like we are. And so, you know, your typical, I guess, female to female rivalry between a mom and a daughter, sometimes things can get heated and the mother may say something she doesn't mean, but I for will. us it sticks. So like when I was younger, um, I was going through like the baby fat phase where I was a little, I was a little healthy, you know. I was eating good, okay. <laughs> but um, I think she was more so imposing her at the time insecurities onto me. So she would call me certain names, you know, here and there, like you know, fat, and you know. And again, I'm also the product of two traveling musicians, so there's like this standard of perfection that's supposed to be there too. So kind of going through that where she's like, you need to work out or you need to, you know, yeah. start eating more. You know, it fuck you up a little bit, you know, growing yeah. up. But uh, as I've gotten older and I started to realize who I am as a person and what makes me me, I slowly let those things go, you know, because life is too short to let a moment in life where your parents were also suffering determine how the rest of your relationship is going to go. So your self-esteem high or low? Now? You said what? Is your self-esteem high or low? Oh, now? my self-esteem has always been high. That shit just hurt my feelings. You know, like, it'll just make you question yourself. Like, am I, am I truly good enough or is this okay? And so, um, like I said, once I started to get away from that, when I went to college, out of town, out of state, I really started to learn about myself a lot. What's so, What I mean? Yeah. Like, so I went to HBCU. In Alabama, Talladega College, Kai Chapel is cute. Shout out to y'all. Um, but you learn to survive when you go to college, especially if it's an HBCU. Um, you already know usually HBCUs are located on the other side of the tracks in most cities. So, you know, kind of have to lie. You're not calling mom and dad every day. At least I wasn't, you know. And over time, you start to identify who you are, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, what's good for you, what's not good for you. Um, and once you start to establish that, you start to give less fucks about certain things your parents said because mm-hmm. that was just a version of you they only knew, mm-hmm. you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for me, my pop told me, like, this is like five years ago, he was like, the path that you're going on right now is not leading nowhere. And at that point in time, I really thought that I was doing everything right, but the truth is I didn't have no consistency in my life. And it took me a while to realize that in the moment, I'm like, damn, my pops on me. He's saying this and that, like he's on my ass every day about this, this and this, but it was no consistency. And once I really internalized that and really like got to know that and learn that, my life, it clicked after that. Everybody didn't go, right? I know, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to process. Um, I honestly really don't know. Like, or if, because the one that's in my head, I just, mm, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a, yeah, because that's a road that I, there's a very private conversation that I've actually, only talk to two people about in general. What better time than now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but one day me and my sister got to argument. Oh my gosh, today <laughs> one day me and my sister got to argument. It actually turned into a fight, and 
Um, when I was 19, like right after I graduated high school, I got pregnant and I ended up having an abortion. And in the fight, she was pretty much like, like coming in my character. It was like, uh, that's why you killed your baby, da 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 da. And I like was a like, murderer or something. Yeah, pretty much. Because my sister is a very much a stickler on abortion. She does not, she's not believing us so um which i when she explained how, how she feels about them i understood but in that time it was it was tough that really hurt my feelings that's and it wasn't too long after i had did that so it was like it was tough it was a hard pill to swallow but mm. and would you do it again have an abortion yeah um no, because I feel like now I'm getting closer to being ready to be a parent. At that time, I was 19, I was fresh out of high school, and I had a full ride to college. So I just wasn't trying to let that affect that because, I mean, that was my opportunity. And I actually did go to college, but I didn't finish, but it, it led me to where I am now. So. Okay, what you was gonna take care of it? Like, what you was gonna do? I'm hurting my feelings because, like, it's not something that I necessarily wanted to do. I had to pray on that so hard before I did that. It's not, that's not an easy process. And to anybody who's ever had one, like, that actually don't consider like abortion just I'm taking the trip to the chop shop because I've heard that. Yeah. Um but to the people that I've heard that. Yeah, but to the people that actually have one, it's like it it's tough. And then like for me, I've always wanted to be a mother. Like I always wanted to get married. Like these are things that I wanted and at nineteen I wasn't married and at nineteen I was getting ready to go to college and I didn't have time for a kid. Good for you, doing what's best for you. So, yeah, and I think it was also best for my kid. That part. Mm -hmm. I think mine's will have to be my dad. Because even though he had a stroke and everything, he still had sense to talk and say whatever. And the things that he used to say to me when I was growing up, going to high school and stuff, oh, you're going to be pregnant. Um, you're going to be a dropout like your friends and stuff like that. So it was like... I always felt like I had to protect myself and I always felt like I had to prove something to my parents. Like, I felt like I wasn't worthy enough for them because mm -hmm. of the things they went through in their lives. And they don't never want to talk to me about it. So I always felt like, you know, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I always got to keep constantly proving them wrong. You still feel that obligation? Yeah, honestly, because I still take care of my dad and I feel like the stuff that he done, like we had a house, it was paid for. Um, it was just certain things he would do out of revenge against my mother. And I feel like I had to pay for it as a child, you know what I'm saying? And I had other siblings too, but they li they didn't live with me. They was all grown and gone, but they felt some type of way towards me because I lived in a household with him. Mm. And he didn't really take care of them. So it's not even that little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, you jealous of nothing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you don't even know my story. Yeah. But it just felt like I always had to prove my siblings something or my parents like, okay, my mom wanted to go to the military. She tried to enforce that in, into me. Mm. Then my dad, I don't know, like before he had the stroke, he wanted me to be a spy for my mother. It was just like, <laughs> I just like, you know what? I'm gonna finish my high school um, degree and get my diploma and get my go to college because they never went. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 28 now. Generation yeah, I'm not, I don't have no kids right now. And I just feel like I'm gonna be, <laughs> I feel like I had to, you know continue to focus so I could get financially stable the way I want to so I could bring a child into this world. At least you're doing the job right now. Yeah. yeah. Screw them. <laughs> yes. There was a tweet that said, um, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck then uh, my chest start hurting. So give me an example. And y'all try to pretend like y'all didn't give a fuck, but it really got to you. 
I'd say going through a breakup. Yeah. Going through a breakup when the other person act like they don't care, you gotta act like you don't care either. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably say certain opportunities, like even in the entertainment industry, a lot of people make certain promises or tell you're gonna they're gonna help you with this and mm-hmm. either you don't fulfill something they want and so that kind of just falls through. I mean, for me personally, <clears throat> excuse me, um this male-dominated industry, and it's an industry full of fakers, and so um, usually it's it's uh, transactional in some kind of way. And when you're not, as a woman, willing to so sell can. out, mm-hmm. you some some of those promising opportunities uh, can get snatched right from under you simply because you you know you show that you were not uh, gullible. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of tough navigating through that when it's like, yeah, that kind of comes with the game, and you know, you gotta keep moving, keep hustling, keep trying to get to the right opportunity. But in the back of your mind, you're like, fuck. Like, so who is this guy? People say the void though, like huh? who promising females and not all kind. Man, listen, I have had niggas legit whip their dicks out, unconsented, never gave you the impression that I was with that. Like, I'm the type of woman I will pay for my session. I will pay for your mixing or your mastering services. Yeah. I will pay for my sound crew. I will pay for my visuals. Like, I'm not even too fun when a person offers me, unless it's like a friend or someone I'm close to offering me something for free. But mm-hmm. I, I was offered to do some soundtracking stuff for a film that's coming out very soon. I'm not gonna name the person. Um, so we were working in the studio, you know, working on the tracks or whatever, and he took a liking to me. Um, but too much to the point where he was one trying to get me drunk and first of all I'm a professional I don't do that while I'm working Two, he literally was probably like sitting right here but listening to the track and he just kind of and I'm like what you want to do with that you know what I mean and so at that point I even said I don't even want the fucking opportunity like yeah. I can't and it's hard because you it starts to make you question how do men really view female musicians beyond the talent or beneath the talent you know like is it sex first then the craft god Mm -hmm. damn and i'll be like i'm blown over that shit so yeah that's probably the thing that will deep down i'm burning on the inside Mm -hmm. for sure okay um when y'all be meeting these predators why don't y'all call them out because they end up doing the shit again that's a great question i'm still figuring that out so who is it Mm -mm. Mm-mm. So I, mean, I feel like as a woman, for women, it's not that simple. Like that. some of these dudes, they very powerful. They got more things that they can do to her than she can do to them just by calling them out. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of them per se. I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but it's not always that simple. Some people, uh, it might be messing with their mental, like subconsciously. Yeah, I can agree with you on what you were saying because that's what made me pulled out from the music industry, period. Cause I was real heavy in the music industry. And like when I was getting signed to a major label, they was it's really true when they say as a female that's getting in, you have to do a lot of sexual things to these men in order to get to the top. And it's like, oh nah, I don't want that. And then they make you as a female push sex sales in the industry. They turn you into something that you really not. I'm a major fan of creating your own industry. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I, I would call them out. I'd be like, nah, I'm from ARS. You know, I would say it and it, just for that awareness part. But then if you come at me, that's fine. But I can't do something with y'all. I didn't want to do anything with y'all anyway. I got mine over here. And like, there's no such thing as bad publicity. They gonna be listening to your music, watching your content, looking at the talk show. Let me see if she talk about it today. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I had gotten into it with Ugly Money Nietzsche because a female came out and said he that's what he do, like he for his services he wants sexual favor. Mm-hmm. So a female called him out, he came on the show, he really wanted to fight me, but he just laid it out at, towards the end of the interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like them niggas need to be called out. I don't think he wanted to fight you. I think he wanted to use this for clout. I mean, the niggas saying go outside. And then, if you wanted to be so he would have been right, been, right, I mean, right here. It would have been on site, like right here. No I interview. Had, no I had no my shit on. It was a lot of them. I had my shit on. Oh, so. They, they, they didn't swing the monster. 
Yeah. But y'all think they should be called out, these whole ass niggas who be doing this predator shit. So when you ready to come back on and tell us. We're going to have a part two. Okay. Let me let, I'm going to let his ass drop the movie first. Boom. And we're going to drop the whammy. Wham. <laughs> okay. Um, a time you said never again, but you did it again. Working with, people, working with people in business, like, mm. I said that I would never do that again, like, it's times in business where you have to cut people off, I don't care if they your, yeah. your mom, your dad, your friend, your sister, your brother, you might have to cut them off, like, they might be detrimental to what you're trying to do, they might not be adding anything, they might think you're supposed to give them a handout or something like that, and that's not how business works, like, mm. I have to move according to what I'm trying to do and the goals that I set in place for myself. Preach. Fuck what you got going on. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. My mom, well, I drive for less. If my mother need a ride, she'd be like, you want me to book it or you want me to send you some money? What you want me to do? <laughs> like, so nobody else can really be like, oh, give me a ride or anything right. that I do trying to just take from you. Like, sure. my mother will do this. So, friend, you got to go ahead run that same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say friends. Like, re being friends with them, and then y'all fall out, and then y'all become friends again. Like, I have done that a couple times. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. <laughs> I kind of sound like the same. Especially if it's like one or two specific mm -hmm. people. It's like, I want to have faith in you so much. Like, I want to keep trying this, but no. Yeah. You just, Who's the guys? girls? What was a girl? What was a guy? What did they do? Oh, this gonna be the kicking too. What did they do that you forgave and let them come back around? Um, for the girl, it was more of a she hid something from me that she didn't really have to. I feel like if she had came to me like and just came out and been direct with it, I would have had less of a problem with it. Mm -hmm. But because she didn't come to me, it just it blew the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And then with the guy, it was like, hey, look, we've been doing this for a long time, and we keep on going on and off, on and off. Either we gonna be on and just locked in, or just leave it alone. What about you? I think mine was so for, like, he say, she say stuff. Like, they will get a misperception of something they heard that I, they thought I said or something like that. I'm very blunt. I'm going to tell right. you how I feel to your face. Mm -hmm. You ain't got to worry about what, right. what nobody else saying because I'm going to tell you first. And so it was just like, I don't know. They I felt like they had, like, some type of jealousy towards mm -hmm. me because I, I tell them certain things to give them advice on. And then, you know how you tell your friend about a, a dude or something and they not right for them? And they think that you want they do now because you telling them like they not good for you like they don't see the potential in you so it would be stuff like that and we will fall out get on the internet talk smack about each other and then <laughs> so stupid and then we'll be like later down the line we ready to talk it out and be friends again mm. but I feel like this once we fight it's a wrap ain't no coming back for that yeah I, I agree with that. <laughs> okay, so is it a person y'all deal with no matter what, even though y'all in a relationship? <laughs> I'm a one and done. Once we done with you, we done with you. I got one. I ain't gonna lie. Okay. <laughs> okay. And what make you like stick with her? Like you ain't letting it go, but y'all can't really make that shit work. We just can't be in a relationship together, like, but I can still vibe with her, like, we can be real close friends and stuff like that, but we just can't click, like, we can't be in a full-time relationship, like, it's just not my work. So, like, the sex is good or something, and you just trying to let this shit go? She a throw go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keeping it real, like. Let her out Okay. Um, a red flag behavior in a relationship that's uh, non-negotiable. And a red flag that you saw ahead of time, but you ignored it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I probably say for me, um, my first red flag is if you do not manage your time, 
Um, if you're not like ambitious and because if you're calling me every day to pull up on you and I got shit to do and you don't, we're not going to get along. And I've seen it. I've tried that, you know, in the past where I'm like, you know, I'm open. I got things, but I'll make time for you. But it gets to a point they start to resent me because I'm always moving. And um, so I've learned just to avoid that. Um, and good pain pain will definitely blind you. It sure will. It, it, it's it's, ooh, it's, it's always available too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, good pain pain. <laughs> Okay, what's good ping ping? <laughs> what does that mean? I ain't never heard that one. I ain't never heard that Um, so for me, I'm a sapiosexual. So, uh, this don't doesn't start chasing waterfalls until you've stimulated this. Like that's that's mandatory for me. And so, usually that affects the quality of the sex as well. Um, if you're patient, if you are patient in terms of foreplay. We don't rush over here. Um, and also, if I get to finish before you, preferably multiple times. Okay. That, that will have me not giving a fuck about your red flags. Okay. <laughs> Ignored. Until <laughs> my foot is here. Six flags. <laughs> Six flags. <laughs> okay, some women still consider safe good if they don't come. Do you? It can feel good in the moment, but what's sex without the climax? Why do we do it? It's That's a turn off. It's a, like, yeah. It, it, I feel like she's a man. Like, why are you not making your girl climax? Like, come on now. Like, what you doing? No, bro. Okay, well, I mean, okay, what's the most time you had a girl come? <laughs> what, you talking about like in one, in one, one session? session? Yeah. Like, in one round, probably like, uh, like five. Yeah, like five. She's still on your uh, contact list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's her, the throat girl. I'm not going to confirm. Did y'all want to answer the red flag question? Yeah, like one of mine is uh, calling too much. I don't like that. Like, What's too much? Like calling me more than five, six times a day, like, when I finally see you, I want to have something to talk about. If we, you calling me all day, then what are we going to have to talk about? By the time I get in, you just going to be standing in each other's face. Like. Some girls do talk a lot, though. They can talk the shit at you when you on the phone and when they see you. I used you. to be that girl. <laughs> I am that girl. Yeah, I used to call my entire day. I'm like, when it's somebody that has an intellectual conversation, I can't stand if you don't. That's yeah, a red sure. flag for yeah. me. Always, like you said, the calling or what you doing all day, what you doing all day. Don't text me that. Talk about, like, something that... Read a book. Yeah, like... Tell me about it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, all that, what you doing or pull up or... Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a red flag. I just cut somebody off of that shit. <laughs> Every day on my... Like, I used to talk to him. And then he got mad disrespectful, so I said, I can't. It's like one of the red flaggers that I was mm -hmm. overlooking for bullshit. I finally saw the bullshit. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to come to 2023 with that energy. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, he, he, I guess he felt the guilt of what happened. And so he started reaching out. So I'm the type of person, if I even give you an opportunity to be around me again, it's going to be slow. I'm a slow boiler. So I'm not going to want to see you every day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to read you out, fill you out to see, are you really that person you already showed me? And so he just started hitting me up every single day. Like, what you doing? Next day, what you doing? I'm busy. Next day, what you doing? Pull up. His ass stay all the way in Rex, Georgia. I stay in Midtown. I'm not about to take that drive. It's the pull up for me. It's, pull it's up like, is a red flag for It's me. a red flag. Tell me you outside. Tell me you taking me I mean, he has a car, but it was in the shop. So all the Uber, like right, yeah, yeah, like, on, yeah that's right. and I had to look at that like that's giving a little boy shit. Yeah, and I really just look at look at him like that was just fun when it was fun. Mm -hmm. That was not something for me to take seriously. Um, but I guess now he wants to take it seriously, and I'm way past that. So him coming off like what you're doing every single day, and that's it. Pull up when you smoke, like no, I don't. So is it cool if a guy like hits you up twice a week? If I like you. I like you, and I'm, and I have an open mind to you. We can, we can talk however it flows. Mm -hmm. But if I've already gotten a preconceived notion about you or how you carry yourself, mm -hmm. I'm not really expecting or anticipating your, re your reaching out to me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not even really thinking about you. So, and I think that's what bothers them. It's like, okay, now I want you to have my attention. But when you, when I wanted your attention, mm -hmm. 
it hurt, don't it? It hurt, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, one red flag that I've noticed that has really been like a thing for me, like I'm not really into social media, but I will people do social media just to see what he talks about, and. Um, prime example, this this dude had an interest in me. Um, and I went to his social media and I was just seeing that he had like a whole bunch of posts where all the posts was calling females bitches and mm -hmm. hoes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Yeah, if I feel like if you posting this, like even if you don't necessarily say it to my face, I feel like behind my back you would call me a bitch or a hoe. And I'm the type of girl I don't call myself the baddest bitch. Yes. I don't like the bitch word at all. Like when my friends talking and they be like, "Oh, bitch, guess what?" I'm like, "Uh, uh, you know, I don't like that." Like the B word for me is not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I do my research. It's not giving. Mm -hmm. so you got fake pages. No, oh. I do my real stuff. I don't know. Put up fake massage too. I hate that. Like, mm -hmm. why are you acting like you somebody else when I know you this way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, show that side. I mean, that's what everybody do, right? I mean, I date girls say, look, I can be myself with you, but when I leave out this house, I have to be somebody else. I mean, I get that, but you got people that, like, get on the internet and say they got, say, for instance, I got a mansion, I'm, I got, like, 14 cars outside my house, like, you putting on for what? Mm -hmm. I agree with that, sort of. Just because of the world we in right now, right? Because yeah. I'm starting to think about this. Look at like VR, right? You can be anybody you want to be, mm -hmm. and VR is really what we're in right now. Even Instagram, Facebook, and stuff—that's VR. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So you can pick whatever persona you want to be while you're there. But I do feel the same way. It's like, bro, you you do not have this stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, if that's getting them somewhere by pretending to be that. I mean, you can manifest stuff, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. You can be able to manifest what you want, so you put it into fruition. But I just feel like you don't have to be that way with me. Keep yeah. it genuine, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then I know who you really are to me. But if you got to put on just to show off, just to think that's going to gravitate, mm -hmm. I mean, that like, to see if I'm going to like you or not, right. yeah. I'm not going to like you. Me. What we doing? Yeah. yeah. You, yeah, you'll be fake to me at this point. I think another red flag off of that one is when people want to sit there and tell you, like, oh, yeah, I was just hanging out with a little baby last night. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God, name dropping. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm on, I I'm do like, not eat and I get Okay, okay. <laughs> Especially, like, being from here, like, we haven't seen everybody. Right. Like, we've seen everybody growing up, and we grew up with some of these people. So it's like, we look at them as regular people. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. what? how does that benefit me? Tell yeah. me with everything that I got going on, you know, where are we going with this conversation? Right. And then me, I'm more of a ghost. Like, I like to leave more to be desired. Like, I'm not just going to sit here and tell you everything and I got going on. Like, that's for you to figure out later down the line as we, you know, begin to know each other. So. Yeah, you got to be a mystery. I mean, yeah. Yeah, a mystery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm mysterious. Yeah. Okay, um, at your lowest point, um, two things that you realize. One thing, I can't just be bored and not doing something. I am a busybody. Even at my lowest point, I have to be doing something or my, like, just being still. I try it. I try it. Who is it? Like, at, okay. So I try it because sometimes it's say God, like, will sit you down mm -hmm. to make you understand something. Even at my lowest, I was sitting down. But I was so ready to move, like, um, like I always want to be doing something. And then, second thing is, it's just knowing that my family actually is supportive. Because for a minute, I didn't really realize that. Mm -hmm. That's lucky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll probably say, like, at my lowest is when I realized how important it was to have self-love. Like, you gotta literally be your biggest supporter for anybody else. You gotta set standards with yourself, boundaries within yourself. Um, so, I, and also investing in your mental health. Like, a lot of people suffer in silence, a lot of people do depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. silence. I'm one of those people. But, you know, through me choosing to, I guess, love on me first and fuck everybody else until me. Like, I don't even know, I can't really identify what love, real love feels like for real until mm -hmm. I know what it feels like for me to myself. And so 
it took me to get to my lowest point to realize those things. Yeah, I can agree with that too. Like, and for me, it's like really being vulnerable. Like, I feel like growing up as a black man, you're not really taught how to be vulnerable or how to control your emotions and stuff like that. And like back to your therapy point, I had to go to therapy at my lowest point. And I realized that my family was really there for me. Like they was like, oh T, you gotta get up or you gotta do this, this and this. Like don't be sitting around the house. I know you got this, this and this going on, but it's greater out there for you than what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can agree with what they both saying on, on that. Cause I, I, at my lowest, I was ready to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, I don't know, going back through your Snapchats, <laughs> you go through your archive and look at how heavy you used to be. Snapchat really didn't look at how heavy you Snapchat And you just realize, like, the people that actually did care for you, like, how would they feel if you take right. your stuff away from them because you're going through something? And some of it be a lot of it childhood trauma that you just can't get over. So, so what, what triggered this? I'm about to kill myself. What was, what did it? Well, I'll say this. I started when I was 10. So it was like, I don't know, every time I got older, it just like, it could be financial or not having the love in the family. All you've been raised around was dysfunction and stuff like that. So it just be like, you get tired of it. Like trying to talk to somebody especially if you're trying to talk to somebody about how you feel and they disregard it mm -hmm. and that makes you feel like you're just not worthy mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying okay um y'all best life lesson so far oh my best life lesson so far is that uh you know that saying money shouldn't change you i believe that that's bs i feel like money should change you and the people that fuck up their money is because they didn't change they was always the same person so i always just try to remember that like as i grow as i start stepping into these other rooms and start getting more successful yes i do have to change that don't mean i'm leaving my homeboy from miller grove high school or whatever behind that don't mean that it means that i have to grow along with the the spaces that i'm trying to get into i think mine would be like be you Sometimes you limit yourself when you have expectations because um, God, the universe, whatever you guys believe in, sometimes they can reward you with more than you expect. And so if you've already got yourself set on, this is what I want, and maybe there's something bigger or greater for you, when that opportunity does come, you may not even be so able to like, don't even prepare for anything. Just well, expect I prepare for sure to the best of my ability, but however I'm rewarded for that preparation, I'm open-minded to that. Ooh, I like how you said that. Mm -hmm. I just felt that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I guess I'll go back to what I was going to say at the beginning. Uh, the most traumatic experience um, as a child. I know you answered that. Uh, no, 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 Nah, go for it. You don't put that. You don't put that energy out. It's like a rape or molestation. It's usually what people don't. Yeah, mine will be being molested by a female cousin. She did, right? Yeah. No, she alive. I mean, but she did it. Yeah, she did. Like she gonna kill it? Yeah. I mean, feel like people. Something should be done, and people do shit like that. I kept it. It was. It wasn't just me. It was other cousins that. She had done this too, too, and we was younger, so it was like 
we kept it a secret because she was like the type of person like, I don't know, she was violent. She was very violent. She would put her, our, uh, her hands on us if we said something or if we just declined it. If we declined mm -hmm. the sexual activity she wanted us to do, we get popped upside our head or what something was? like that. What? Was she bigger than us? She was I mean, she wasn't, no, she she was older than us, but she wasn't bigger than us. It was just like, she was a fighter. Right. I mean, she taught me how to fight, basically, by her putting her hands on me. Mm. I'm saying, what she asked y'all to do? I mean, she wanted, basically, the sexual activities to go down on her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or she, I don't know, she was 12 at the time. She was a freak. Wow. <laughs> and she wanted so creepy stuff to yeah, and I think yeah. a male did it to her. Mm. No, I would've, we would've had to fight if it was a fight. Yeah, I always had to fight. <laughs> so That's it was like, way. for me to have her to stop doing it to me, I'm, I mean, I was glad that I moved away. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I wasn't raised mm -hmm. where I was at, so it was like, I felt like I always had to fight her every time she used to try to come at me like that. And nobody would ever question why I was fighting. No, she'll make up, well, they did. She'll make up excuses and say, like, um, calling her out her name or something like that. I'm younger, so it would look bad on me. And you never say nothing. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She tried to make me lick her. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't know about um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's neck and neck between molestation and witnessing the death of my grandmother. Um, I'm a hop in and out of the molestation part. So I was molested between six and seven years old by my biological brother. Um, and I kept that secret for about 22 years. I'm 28 now. So uh, around 24, I told, 23, I told my mom first. And then like a year later, I told my dad. Cause I already just, no, I'm the only child. I was raised only child on my mom's side. My father has three other children. Um, so I know if I told my dad, he would have tried to address my brother, and I really didn't want to drama. It was just something I needed to let go, you know. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, more so the death of my grandmother. Um, never forget this. I was about eight years old. Me and my dad were coming from the skating rink, Cascade, and um, it was my weekend with my grandmother. Got back to the crib, and she was like stretched out on the sofa in mid cardiac arrest, mm -hmm. and so. She wore dentures and stuff like that. So I called the police officer while my dad was trying to like do CPR on her. Um, but at that point, you know, she was starting to bite down her tongue. And um, after that, I didn't see my grandmother again. Mm -hmm. You know, so that to this day still fucks me up. I mean, a lot too. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, give me that. Mm -hmm. That's a good for her. You don't care. Okay. Uh, okay. So you can. Everybody yeah. need hugs. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a hugger. So. Um, most traumatic childhood experience when I was, I want to say I was like 11 or 12. Um, my grandma had a husband and. I was playing with my sister and he didn't like that like um we were playing outside and my sister is scared of dogs so i had a stick and i was playing with it like it was a dog but of course she knew it wasn't a dog like she could see that it wasn't a dog but he kind of like overreacted in the situation um and he woke me and mind you um my mom never really let a man like whoop me even my dad my dad could whoop me but he there was never a need to so um it was just strange in this situation but like when I got the whooping like he smacked me in the face with the bill and so like my left eye was like swollen and like black and like for the longest time up it like even until now sometimes I feel like my eye is lazy but at that time like uh going up until like uh I would say 16 and 17 it really was like my left eye was really like lazy from that and like it uh, made me fight with like my self-esteem and stuff like that. What your parents do? Um, my dad lived out of town and they didn't tell him until weeks afterwards because they knew that he would come. And um, I lived with my great-grandmother great at the time and she wanted to send him to jail. But my grandma pretty much was like, they didn't want to 
Like he had just got out of prison not too long ago, so they didn't want him to go back to jail. He should have been back. I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted him to, but I still don't like him to this day, and they always talk to me about him, but I just don't. Why are you still talking to me about him? Yeah. I don't know. My family, my family fucked up. Like, <laughs> okay, um, the most unsupported friend or family member, and how could they be more supportive? Yeah. You know the question? Yeah. yeah. The most unsupported friend or family member, and how could they be more supportive? The ones that will only want to be around when they can benefit off of you, but mm-hmm. don't want to show up to actually support you. Yeah. I don't want to do the work. Don't want to do work. Mine is me. In my family, I feel like it's me. Like, I feel like I have the support, but my family don't really like to go outside of what they know. They're very Mm -hmm. stuck in their ways. And when you try to talk to them and get them to see, like, okay, yeah, if we try this, this may work, this may not, but at least let's try. They, they still don't really get into it like that. It's, it's very hard to convince my family to go outside of what they used to. And we got a lot of family curses that need to be broken. And mainly I've been doing most of that on my own. And like I have a little bit of that support. I was, I'm not, like I said, it took me a minute to understand that I did have support. But it's just on more of the support side, like, even watching this like i hope they watching this but if they not I understand or even like sharing my post or things of that nature because i really do think it's me because i i definitely go back to go to bat for anyone in my family anything they're trying to do and they know that okay um i guess this for the female i guess you too uh, what does a pro- two things a person does to like that love y'all correctly understanding yeah that's one of them yeah understanding mm-hmm. making sure you really don't just listen to what i say but actually understand it and actually take the time to comprehend what i'm telling you for sure mm-hmm. so, i say words of affirmation you know yeah that's it. knowing that when you wake up i'm on your mind or you worried about my safety or stuff like that or you just very, you know, kind. Attentive. Yeah, attentive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like shaking your head. You don't know how to be loved. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm in much of a commitment phobia right now, personally. Mm-hmm. I think it's just part of my healing process, but I'm still like loving to learn, learn, learning to love me correctly. So mm-hmm. I think once I'm at a place of mastery in that, then I'll be able to identify with that. So what do you usually go for? It's like you run into the same thing. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be honest, I've, I've never really, I mean, I have certain guys I don't like, but I usually go for musicians, but I have a, a weakness for, and I'm not talking about executives or people of power, but just people who share the, the gift and the love for music like me. Um, but there's a dark side to that because like me, most musicians are traveling or road or they're gigging a lot and you're around a lot of different people. So it's either there's gonna be a communication lapse because you're so busy and you're moving and or it can be a fidelity, you know, or just sneaking around and so. But that's what I like. So I'm trying to figure out and identify with myself in this process, like what is what part of me is attracted to that toxicity? You're attracted to the love of what you like. Yeah. Probably to be able to relate to somebody. You know what? That sounds so right. And that's part of it because I was, like I said, I was raised an only child. So mm-hmm. I did damn near everything by myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that probably is it. So you feel like, so you still gonna go after what you want instead of what you need? Mm-mm. No, as of right now, I've been practicing celibacy. I've intentionally not been dating. Um, I'm really focused on my, my brand and these lovely people right now. Like, I'm not even thinking about a guy or a relationship. That's when they come to. I'm not ready. I'm praying. I've been sitting on these posts on Instagram like, God is going to send you your husband in 2023. I'm like, no, I am not ready. When you focus on yourself, that's when they come. I'm and it's the right one. You I'm might scared. think you're not ready, but when it comes, you are already prepared to be ready. Like that learning to love yourself part is the 
you're gonna attract the right energy to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be dope. <laughs> it's gonna be weird though. Yeah, I think it's definitely gonna be weird. Yeah, and that's like, and I'm a little awkward too, so I'm I'm afraid I may scare that person away too. They so. gonna be able to take it. Yeah, oh, they are very awkward. Okay, y'all let us say and cry, and y'all let us happy cry. Ooh. My last happy cry was when I moved into my new spot recently. Let's sing. Yes, yes. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Is it that serious? Yes. <laughs> Especially when you, you hit in a goal, you work hard to manifest. Mm -hmm. Just like purchasing a home, like that takes time. Not just anybody can just walk it didn't take when I did it. I wouldn't. I really had Did you go through anything prior to? I had to put money down. I mean, I was just working. I'm but I'm asking <laughs> you, did job. you have to, did you go through anything that caused you to appreciate that on a bigger level where it may have gotten emotional? Where you coming from? Because when I purchased my house, I was happy, but it was like, it was wasn't like, like where I was. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, going to buy another house. I think mine will be graduating. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what was important to you. Yeah, especially if, if you graduated from college and stuff. That's that's a big stepping stone from high school. See, I didn't even. I didn't cry for that. I did. Cause I, I, I didn't was like, 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 it happened out of nowhere. Like, I'm not going to lie. When she first told me, like, I was not ready. Like, I said, fuck, like, a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it this really me right here? Like, really? Like, but after it really set in, like, and I knew that she was coming, like, it gave me a, a sense of peace and, like, calmness that I never had before. Like, and I really appreciated it. For sure. yeah. um, I'm going to let you do. Oh, uh, okay. Well, my happy cry was like the same thing moving to my apartment because like, mind you, I came from the Midwest, like moving here. When I first moved here, I did not have a crib. It took me a year to find a place mm -hmm. and I went through so many emotions. And then sad crying was just a little relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. Jail nigga? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that was past me. I'm 25 now. I think my sad cry was when my cousin got killed, mm -hmm. my baby cousin, and the way he got killed was messed up. So I think just getting a call at four o'clock in the morning, yeah, I think that was my real sad cry. When you got shot? He got shot 18, I mean, not 18, he got shot eight times by his brother. Mm -hmm. His brother killed him. Well, it was money, female. I honestly, we don't even know. Like the brother ain't even arrested for it. Mm. Yeah, he flew flew to a whole nother state, and I just feel like the family didn't even fight hard to keep the case open. Open, mm. you know what I'm saying? And it's just feel like they failed. I feel like they failed my cousin. Mm -hmm. He was 18 at the time when he got killed, and mm. he fought up against him and the homeboy. Mm. But they didn't kill my aunt. My aunt was in the house. She was asleep. They pulled her door up. She heard the last shot because you know how you have one of them houses that you can't hear on the other side? Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless you open the door. She had one of them houses. Mm -hmm. And when they opened the door, when he got shot, he got shot in the head the last round that what took him out. Mm -hmm. And um, she heard it, and then they flew past her room. And that's how she figured out who was in the house. Mm. But the police didn't get them because when they went down there to do the questioning, they basically tried to flip it and put it on my cousin as if it was a drug thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they basically yeah. beat the case. Unless somebody really hire a P a PI, yeah, mm -hmm. then somebody get deep into it, then they'll really pin him for what he did because he threw away phones. It was just so crazy like how he was getting away with a lot of stuff. Then his aunt worked for the police station. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, what? Yeah, so. It was in Louisiana. 
Nah, this was in Ohio. Mm. See, Ohio, um, their jurisdictions and stuff, they is totally different. Mm -hmm. It's like, their system is way worse than Georgia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Georgia ain't going for none of that. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't touched on tonight that you want to leave our audience with? Um, I would like to say, make sure you guys invest in your emotional, your spiritual, your mental, physical health. You know, um, we only get this this life once, and I think it's safe to say for all of us as young millennials out here we are here to let you guys know we support you as well as you go through these motions as you are trying to discover yourself whether it's a business a relationship god we're going through it with you and um this is a team you guys will not be disappointed with not at all yeah. and never give up never give up on your dream never give up on yourself because you all you got for real You respond like you have. Who, me? I don't really talk to me. I asked her what she had. No, I didn't hear that. No, I'm not high. I be trying to think because sometimes if I my mind be moving so fast, if I start responding before I really process, then I'll start to stutter. So it's, it's bad. So I will say, um, which just been telling me, like, now you gotta come down with the ums. But, uh, Dang, it doesn't work. I've been working on the same thing. Um, dang, that time I swear I didn't try to. But I would say just find ways to keep yourself smiling. Like, mm -hmm. even if you're just laughing at yourself, doing something goofy, like saying, um, when you're trying to make a statement. <laughs> but just making yourself smile because that's important. Like, mm -hmm. finding a piece of joy, even in this crazy world. Yeah. And my thing is surround yourself with like-minded people. Like you are the energy that you keep around you. Like whether you realize it or not, it can happen subconsciously. So always keep people around that are trying to do better things than you. Like maybe they can teach you how to do this or teach you how to do that, or you might be able to teach them some sauce or whatever like that. Or y'all come together. Like, but always try to make sure you keep and surround yourself by people that's trying to do better than you. Wait, one more thing. Be nice to people. I know, yeah. like, <laughs> like, can we be nicer? Just a little bit. I understand it's very messed up out there, but can we just be a little nicer? Because everybody done went through something. Mm -hmm. Everybody done went through so many trials and tribulations, and we all really just trying to get towards the top, get to a better mm -hmm. position in life. Can we just be a little nicer and show a little love? You see how I, did, I gave my pretty a hug. Yeah. She needs a <laughs> she needs a hug. Give a hug. Something. Yes. Yeah. Show some love. And stop Thanks. stressing, for sure. Like, if you keep stressing, that will affect your health Absolutely. real bad. Absolutely. So, I would just tell people, you know, if it's something that you can't handle, you know, take a break, woosah, and just come back to it later. Or if it's people that's stressing you out, then you have to remove yourself from them. Okay, what about a guy who got a kid and he say, I need a break from my kids? Is that okay? Everybody should have a break from their kids, you know, because, like, he could call his mom or the baby mother, hey, you know, have changed weekends or mom. I'm saying for, like, a few months. Oh, heck no. I mean, I think a break for your kids for a few months. I mean... It's like no calls, no nothing. 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 No I'm always trying to make sure I be there, try to make sure I call. Like, yeah. I got a little girl, I want to make sure I take her out and show her what a real man is supposed to be. So me disappearing for four months at a time or whatever like that, like, I'm not going for that. I got respect for the man that does that, I'm not going to lie. Because at the end of the day, that girl or that son going to grow up and be like, okay, I really didn't have that bond with my father because he needed a four-month break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, every three or four years. 
Okay, um, literally, it's no pressure, man. I appreciate y'all coming through. Thank you, man. And we out, man. We're going to close, I guess, five seconds for the picture.